Mel Sondland and Herbert Konings are founding partners for Security Token Group. All opinions expressed by them or guests on this podcast are solely their opinions and do not represent the views of Security Token Group or its subsidiaries. You should not take any opinion expressed on the show as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow any investment strategy. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Security Token Show. You know, Harwig, it just feels so good to be back. Uh, this seems like a great episode. Could it be because it's actually our third year anniversary? It's officially our third oh year of doing the show. If you're wow. a long-term listener, you may remember that we did it as podcast form. That was back in the day where I was actually the one putting these shows together from an editing perspective. Fortunately, now we've got much more talented people behind the scenes. Thank you, Nick, Kayla, and Jordan. So let's get into the security token show this week. As you know, we're talking about news. We're talking about headlines. We're talking about what's going on in the metaverse, new offerings, everything going on in the industry here in sunny Miami, Florida. My name is Kyle Sondland. I'm joined with Herbert Konings, and we are ready to dive into it. But before we get into the show today, we have to cover our sponsor, which this week is actually Security Token Market. Security Token Market is the company that produces this show and a whole host of other amazing news and content through stm.co. And the reason that STM is sponsoring this episode is because the crowdfund that they're doing, they're doing a security token offering themselves. Oh, yeah. We are helping to pioneer the revolution of security tokens, and that is coming out very, very soon. There is a webinar with Securitize breaking down all the details of how you can participate and how you can get involved in the deal that is going to be on Wednesday at 5 p.m. So that's coming up just next week. Or I guess when this episode comes out, it's just a couple of days later. That's at 5 p.m. EST. On top of that, throughout the week, you're going to be able to see company explainer videos breaking down everything that goes on inside the company here in Brickell, Florida. So go to the link in bio anywhere that you want to find it to find more information about the crowdfund and everything going on. Make sure you sign up on Securitize because there may be a period where if you don't sign up and you don't register your KYC information, you may not be able to get in on the deal. It's been that hot. We are more than six times oversubscribed and if you haven't seen our awesome trailer for STM yet well you are now check it out we're a security token market and we're creating the Wall Street without walls where anyone anywhere can invest digitally into real estate stocks art and more all thanks to the power of security tokens you see it's a blockchain technology that is changing finance as we know it it allows anyone to invest digitally, allowing companies to go public sooner and anyone around the world to invest via the web. It's not crypto, it's Wall Street without walls. There are already hundreds of trading tokens worth over a billion dollars and thousands more on the way. This is happening now and there's no telling how far we can go. At Security Token Market, we take great pride in the highest level of integrity of our financial data. As a leading data provider of the security token industry, we provide unique insights on market trends, new developments, and in-depth research just for you. Security Token Market is the trusted source for data and news for this new world of digital investing. We track hundreds of tokens trading worldwide, creating a platform where anyone can learn about these new investment opportunities. We are your one-stop shop for all things security tokens. In fact, 
Our media arm has its industry covered from end to end. We have our security token show and our newsletter, which drops every single Monday. We also publish weekly columns and educational content across every platform. And that's just for now. The power has changed from the few to the many. That's why we're building the cultural epicenter of security tokens, where you can start investing today. That's why we have a community-first approach, so you can find us on Discord, LinkedIn, Twitter, and you can also find me in the metaverse. Together, we are breaking down the walls of Wall Street. Join the token revolution and learn more about our public offering live on Securitize. We are Security Token Market. that video Kyle now let's get on with the show we're gonna move right into our top five kicking off our top five this week we're starting off with number one most important thing you got to know right now well huge news we've got billionaire Henry Cheng he is actually moving into the security token game folks the security token industry is going to get a whole lot bigger with now $170 million worth of London properties. He's actually got a portfolio of 17,000 units. That's, I guess, how you get to billionaire status in the real estate game. And now his firm, Night Dragon, is officially joining the foray with tokenizing their entire portfolio. That's their plan. They're doing a profit sharing with a 191-unit tower to kick it off, and then they're doing, hopefully, plans for the rest of the billion portfolio, billion-plus portfolio moving forward. Let that market cap grow. Number two, BlockFi. We've covered BlockFi before and how their business model was a little bit sketchy with the idea of rehypothecation where you can put money or crypto into your account and get interest on that upwards of 6-10% or sometimes more depending on the cryptos. And it looks like the, the merry-go-round has begun to falter a little bit as BlockFi needed to be bailed out. They needed additional liquidity to meet the needs of their customers. Fortunately, unlike what we saw with Celsius and some of the other companies in the space, they were able to secure capital before the merry-go-round totally stopped, and that was through FTX. Sam Bankman-Fried and FTX, who just have a war chest of capital, as we've covered many times here on the show, has now come in as a lender of last resort for BlockFi giving them a $250 million line of credit on top of what's rumored to be an investment coming in sometime soon, hopefully next week. In fact, it had been known that the company was seeking financial help. In fact, they had reported that they were raising at a billion dollar valuation, four times down from what they had originally 80% discount. Number three, FTX in the spotlight again. FTX US has announced an acquisition of equities clearing platform Embed Financial. This is a huge, huge deal because they actually, not only that, by the way, have raised over $40 million to date at $120 million valuation. This is no small firm and certainly no small, small acquisition, but they plan to do the custody execution and clearing for FTX stocks. And that's a huge sign we've talked about in the past. We already know that they offer tokenized stock trading internationally, but now we know for sure FTX is coming in hard because this is an FTX US acquisition. And I don't know if you saw this, Kyle, but they also have a FINRA license. So it looks like they might may now be able to get further into the security token game, which we're all excited for. Moving into number four, ADEX, one of the largest security token exchanges based in the APAC region, headquartered in Singapore, has announced a partnership with the Chinese construction 
Russian bank, the second largest bank in the world. They they actually filled out a $200 million allocation to invest in offshore assets to tokenize. That includes digital securities such as equities, hedge funds, and venture capital portfolios. They're going to be deploying hundreds of millions of dollars and bringing new assets to the security token space. An awesome deal. And I think actually back in the day, the China Construction Bank tried to do a similar deal with Fusong, and they ended up having to part ways. So congratulations to Adex. And now, last but not least, number five, Michael Saylor, who's in charge of the public company with the largest amount of Bitcoin holding worldwide. So he's a huge Bitcoin proponent, if you haven't heard of him. And he is calling and urging for regulators and governments to step in on the crypto crisis. He actually acknowledges that over 19,000 cryptocurrencies that supposedly exist are all unregistered securities. A similar view we've heard from the SEC chair, Gary Gensler. And he even called out exchanges for being unregulated and unlicensing and offering, you know, uh, features like leverage and things like that that should be controlled. And of course, he acknowledges that the cryptocurrency market is tying down Bitcoin. There's a lot of these secondary currencies that are collateralized with Bitcoin. And as we see Celsius and Luna and all these crypto crashes, Bitcoin has, of course, seen a significant decrease in price, which is something a man with the most Bitcoin running a public company would want to not see. So definitely, let's see if regulators listen to it. You better believe that we're going to cover all of the changes in the regulatory framework. Certainly, we saw a lot of proposals happening during the bull market. I wonder if any of those are either chopped down, adding more restrictions, or maybe they're just pushed through quicker now that investors are losing money here in a slight bear market that we're experiencing. But that'll all be news for another day. And of course, we'll catch the rest of the news right now over with John Pittman. What's up, tokenizers? John Pittman here, the token advisor. But let's go ahead and get straight into your industry news, starting with Enigma Securities, who released a product last week that provides institutions with crypto services, including currency spot trading, bargain lending, news and market research tracking, and derivative monitoring and clearing. The product will be called Enigma X. So Ian Epstein, CEO of Enigma Security, says that with Enigma Edge, they are able to insert new products and services that address the latest in digital assets and the ever-changing market landscape. The hub further solidifies their commitment to providing everything clients need in order to interact with and maximize opportunities across the digital landscape. So a few weeks ago, I touched on Bitbond releasing token tool, which enables asset tokenization by leveraging Web3 capabilities. Well, they just added a new crowd sale feature. The feature makes conducting a token sale and raising funds via token offerings accessible without the need to write one's own smart contracts. Issuers can create and run token sales such as IDOs, ICOs, and STOs. They can also set token prices, sale duration, restrict investment to whitelisted investors, and define many other parameters. Well, you can go ahead and catch the rest of that full press release over the news section on our website, stlmarket.com. Well, also, if you haven't noticed, we're waist deep in a crypto winter, but guess what? SEC Commissioner Hester Pierce is thinking we should let it snow. You can count her amongst those who believe that this crypto crash could give the industry a more sustainable foundation for the future. In an interview she had with Forbes, she stated, when things are a bit harder in the market, you discover who's actually building something that might last for the longer term and what is going to pass away. She also noted that the SEC could get more tips to act upon during bearish times in comparison to bull runs. So be on the lookout for scams coming to light. And lastly, coming from in-house, we have two of our very own dropping some interesting articles that I think you should take some time to read. The first is from the hypothetical tokenization king, Peter Gaffney, in last week's tokenized disc, 
where he breaks down tokenizing virtual tours of real life real estate properties. And then you have STM's community manager, Jackson Blau. He did the industry news last week. He dropped an article covering leading real estate tokenizer realty and uh, how they're really taking over the space. Solid read with great sack to back it up. Oh, and did we mention our crowdfund is live? Perfect. Well, that's it for me. Here's Jason with the SEO updates, and I'll catch you guys next week on the other side of the blockchain. Hello, tokenizers. I'm back with a new STO, an update from another, and a special announcement, so let's jump in. Extreme International Realty is one of the fastest growing real estate agencies in Florida, and now they've announced their own security token offering. It went live this past week on June 22nd. This token exposes investors to the growing distressed properties market throughout Florida, and funds will be used to expand their team from 250 sales associates to 2,500 and use them to acquire and rehab an extensive portfolio of these properties. Extreme International Realty is using blockchain-based technology to eliminate the most considerable inefficiencies associated with real estate capital raising, management, and investing. And now an update from Realio. They have announced their plans to list their RST token on T0's ATS. This will enable liquidity for current token holders and access for those that missed out. RST holders will participate in the equity returns generated by Realio Technology LTD and the Realio Network through tokenization and asset management fees, crowdfunding, transfer agent services, and interest earned from collateral assets, among other things. In addition, RST holders through Realio Technology LTD will soon have exposure to the Realioverse, Realio's metaverse project announced earlier this year. And last but certainly not least, since this is usually Megan's section, I wanted to highlight her write-up on Cointelegraph covering the new security token market real estate intelligence report available on the Cointelegraph research terminal. Blockchain is changing the real estate industry, with more than $20 billion of real estate assets securely tokenized on the blockchain. For some perspective, in June 2021, there was a modest $65 million capitalization, but May 2022 had $194 million in total monthly market capitalization. Real estate is the largest growing security token sector and should be watched closely. This report allows investors, real estate agencies, issuers, and traders to learn how to leverage the blockchain and profit from the real estate security tokens. Great job, Peter Gaffney from our sister company, Security Token Advisors, and Anish Shinkra and Thor Wallstedt from our data science team. Go check it out. And now on to Sam Sachs for the market update. Hello and happy Monday. The security token market cap has rebounded, now hovering just above $13.5 billion. Volume has been considerably lower during the month of June, as investors have been holding their tokens reluctant to sell during the bear market that we've entered. And while I often talk about low volumes and widespreads being a negative for security tokens, this is one of the silver linings. Investors are less willing to give up their tokens, having to eat the difference in the wider spreads, potentially propping up the market during these downturns. Now, this week, Uniswap announced that it has made a new acquisition, buying up NFT marketplace aggregator Genie for an undisclosed sum. The purge was made by Uniswap, the startup, which has raised millions of dollars in funding from firms like Anderson Hurwitz and Paradigm to help build Uniswap, the decentralized exchange protocol. Users know Uniswap as a decentralized way to swap a wide variety of tokens. This new acquisition is going to bring non-fungible tokens into the mix. Genie gives users the ability 
to, to look at a library of NFTs available across, NF, across various marketplaces, making it so they can see and trade NFTs across many platforms at the same time, saving on gas fees. Uniswap's team says they will build using the product to build a Uniswap NFT vertical into their platform, which is going to launch this fall. The company's bet on NFT aggregation is a bet on diversification of NFT marketplaces over time. At the moment, the vast majority of NFT volume takes place in OpenSea, though some competitors, such as LooksRare and Magic Eden, are showing signs of chipping away at parts of their market share. Coinbase launched one of their own not too long ago, but they completely botched the launch and there are very, very few users, suggests that OpenSea may be a pretty big market leader to unseat. The timing of this acquisition comes as the future of NFT trading volumes has been thrown into question as the broader crypto market has plummeted. While total transaction volumes over the past month has only ticked down a little bit, the USD volume NFT purchases has taken more than 66%, according to DAP Radar. It'll be really interesting to see how both NFTs and security tokens mature at the same time because we're going through a downturn and we're seeing that investors are turned off to the prospect of many of these more speculative investments. Now security tokens having an actual intrinsic value behind them versus NFTs which don't necessarily have the intrinsic value behind them are going to be going through a growing period together. Will there be a time where we go on to securitytokenmarket.com sometime and see NFTs track as well as, as well as security tokens, or go to an aggregator where you can buy security tokens and NFTs at the same time, that's all to be determined. But for now, people are gonna continue building on both the NFT side and the security token side, and I'm gonna be here to cover it all. Have an amazing rest of your week, and I'll see you next Monday. Wakey wakey, welcome to Inside the Metaverse with your host, Eve Van Gogh. We have Lowe's jumping inside the metaverse with a tool that will help customers visualize building projects. They have 500 digital assets that they are making available for free in their Metaverse Open Builder. Instead of picking a virtual platform like other brands, Lowe's is letting you pick your own. Next, we have the Sandbox partnering up with Time to construct Times Square on Time Land. Located in the Sandbox, the partnership is part of Time Pieces, an initiative by Time to develop infrastructure to strengthen the NFT community and it will be the first ever destination of time in the metaverse. Moving forward, we have the accounting giant KPMG jumping inside the metaverse with a private metaverse hub that will allow employees, partners, and clients to conduct virtual meetings. They will also be able to conduct training sessions, job interviews, and employee evaluations in the metaverse. And coming to a close out with French finance, who is throwing a yacht party inside Decentraland to celebrate the launch of its non-custodial primary lending platform. The lending platform also aims to provide the widest selection of coins accepted as collateral in the crypto market. That was Inside the Metaverse with your host, Eve Van Gogh. And moving into the Companies of the Week segment, ladies and gentlemen, I think this is my favorite section of the week. This is where Herwig and I talk about the two companies in the space that we saw making the biggest moves we wanted to give a personal shout out to for doing some amazing things. Herwig, kick us off. Who caught your eye? Well, my company of the week this week, I think went a little under the radar news-wise, but a $1.2 trillion asset manager, Northern Trust, a major, major U.S. bank, has announced a new group, the Digital Assets and Financial Markets Group. So they are acknowledging 
that there is a need for access to both digital assets as well as acknowledging that security tokens or at least blockchain technology will have an impact on what they call traditional securities services. So both groups are now working together under Tandem under the leadership of Justin Chapman. And I'm very excited because they are going to help, again, further bring in access to the digital assets, but also recognize that traditional markets are going to be disrupted by blockchain technology. And for that reason, Northern Trust is my company of the week. That's a great choice. I think that with securities, with any kind of digitization, you're talking about a ton of different providers that need to be offering services to make this happen. And as you said, it's not always the sexiest player that's making the biggest impact on the industry. And Northern Trust, in this case, is really helping drive through a lot of those processes that just that have to get done if we're going to actually make any progress. A major, major Wall Street player is joining the foray. Kyle, who do you got this week? My company of the week this week was also our number one headline, and that is Night Dragon. Night Dragon is a company that I think has over $8 billion in portfolio assets, specifically real estate assets. And they are actually investing over $10 billion into redeveloping London, specifically the Southern District of London, focusing on 17,000 residential homes to redevelop, 84,000 square meters of commercial and retail property, wow. 20,000 meters, square meters, excuse me, of cultural and public works, so parks and all that kind of stuff. They're redeveloping what it seems to be almost an entire city in, in the, the form of, of this entire property allocation. And they're kicking it off with tokenization by tokenizing the first property that they're developing here, which is a 191 unit apartment complex. So Night Dragon, almost overnight, becomes one of the largest tokenization issuers. Huge. It's backed by billions of dollars of real estate focused in Europe, and for those reasons, I wanted to give them a huge shout out for really bringing additional legitimacy and institutional quality deals to the security token space. That's a no-brainer. I think you summed that up very well there. Congratulations to Night Dragon. We're excited that you're tokenizing London and bringing more security tokens into the industry. And now I think, Kyle, we can jump right into our main topic. NFTs, are they the latest ICO craze? Will they see the light of day through this bear market? The winter has definitely arrived, but will NFTs see a future? Kyle, I think this is gonna be a great conversation. We've got a lot of things to talk about NFTs. I think the biggest one we gotta start off with what are they? What are they going to be used for? What does their future look like? Yeah, so I think that we found like four, maybe five different use cases for NFTs over the past 18 months that really showed any value for investors. Not always that they're going to show long-term value, but I think that at least let's start with the short term, right? And Break so it down. the first one we have here is art. This is the one that went viral, the, the Bored Ape collection, the Crypto Punks, and all of the other clones of those different collections where people said, no, this is digital art, and I really want to own this because of the specific art and artists that I'm supporting. And so that's use case number one. With art, I think we can kind of go back and forth on if that will be valuable or not. Certainly, you'd think that some collections might in the same way that some art in, in the real world can have strong secondary markets. But just like in the real world with traditional art, most art, you buy it in an expensive price and you're going to have a hard time selling it. So I think for a lot of these more art style projects, you're more supporting the artist and encouraging them to continue their careers as opposed to looking to build on that long term. So for art, I'm going to give it kind of a 50-50, but probably for most projects, I'm saying this one, probably not. 
seeing a lot of these, you know, rug pulls and a lot of these profile picture projects that have definitely started to see a lackluster demand for sure. Number two, and this is kind of the next development of this NFT craze has been access or membership tokens. So they still may, re may represent art and they likely already have, still have that kind of image piece, but they wanted to add some additional value to the art holders. And that often was in the form of memberships. We see Gary V launching his VCon, the conference where if you wanted to, to join into this conference, you needed to own a, a actual NFT right. of that. You've got Ape Fest, the Board Ape Fest at NFT NYC, where only holders of Board Apes and, uh, and the, the ecosystem were able to get access to exclusive concerts networking events, yacht parties, things like that. And for me, I think membership is definitely going to survive oh, yeah. as long as the communities themselves are strong, which I don't think necessarily relays and relies on the, the greater economy. Definitely, definitely agree with you there. I mean, obviously we've seen the use case for clubs, but this is a new way to connect with celebrities, with communities, and we've even seen new value. We're actually working on a project called Top Floor. This is a community where people can learn about their mindset and also to gain financial literacy through membership into an exclusive club where there are all these individuals who have already done it before. They're already teaching you how to do it. And now they're curating to the Top Floor community. And the only way to get access to it is through an NFT. So of course, a little biased, but I absolutely believe that this is a new way to connect for sure. Totally. I think the analogy that, that really resonated well with me was the idea of a conference, right? If Gary Vaynerchuk or whoever wanted to host a conference, you're buying a ticket that then is worthless after mm -hmm. you use the ticket, right? Versus if you're buying a ticket that also is an NFT that entitles you to other perks, maybe future discounts on conferences, potentially other kinds of events and things. And then not to mention, you could potentially sell that ticket and make some of your money back. It just makes total sense from, from that type of industry. And so for those reasons, I think that that definitely will continue. Not to mention that I think there could be some nostalgia there, you get to always now point that you went to this conference, how many people hold on to their right. badges or one day lose them. And of course, this is still a proof of record. So now historically, no matter what, you can show and identify that you did attend and perhaps that will unlock some kind of a perk or benefit down the road. So that's cool historical data. Number three, our third use case, and this one is, is pretty hairy and we certainly saw it quite a bit, where NFT projects were trying to offer revenue streams or some sort of funding mechanism or economic benefit to their shareholders, whether that was giving them a share of an underlying real estate property, whether that was contributing volumes of trading revenues or things like that, or even just the company revenues that were made. And I think that those illegal or non-compliant assets, I think they are going down. I don't think that those are likely going to survive, not only because of the fact that they are illegal and they can't be given out and returned in a compliant fashion, but not to mention that as the price goes down, you're more likely to have have investors that are going to want to sue for what they believe they're entitled to, which is only going to cause a whole host of problems for a lot of these NFTs, not to mention many of them are already delisted from OpenSea, Magic Eden, Correct. and many of the other top platforms. Of course, I'm going to agree with you on that one, Kyle. If you haven't, uh, if you're a little confused right now, definitely go back and check out our episode on why we break down how some NFTs 
can be legal because they actually start to look and act like securities. And of course, we're here to talk about security tokens, so that one makes a lot of sense. Another use case that, that I like a lot and have been fascinated by, we've certainly talked about this quite a bit, is certificates of authenticity, COAs on chain. So if you have a company that's selling watches or you have a, a luxury brand in any way that deals with a lot of fakes, a lot of fraud, using an NFT, a non-fungible token, to mark that record and to prove the authenticity of the ownership of an asset, I think can be very valuable. And so for sure, I think that technology, which is really the broader scope here, whether that's deeds of houses, whether that's ownership in luxury goods, whether that's that's ownership of any type of large scale asset, you can deal with a lot of issues with regards to bureaucracy, you can deal with a lot of issues with regards to proof of ownership. I think that the technology will certainly be used tremendously in a lot of other assets. So those types of NFTs, maybe not used as a, a sale, point of sale, peer-to-peer -peer example, but I think the technology will continue to be applied in a lot of different ways. Could be ways. in the background, but absolutely a huge solution to counterfeiting. And I remember even reading an article, uh, actually, I think it was Jessica who told me about this article, that uh, Gucci, for example, they sold a, a bag and it came with the NFT uh, for authenticity purposes. And then actually that NFT ended up selling for more money than the bag on top of you, you know, getting the bag itself. That's wild. So that's pretty cool. What's the last use case you got here? Well, I think that it just goes into real estate. And so just using real estate and other of these types of assets for bureaucracy to really be able to automate this ownership process. And this goes back to what you were saying. This is all the underlying stuff. So Gucci has this NFT that you may potentially own, but I think that there are back-end NFTs that are going to be incredibly valuable that the average person may not even use. It may be just bank-to-bank -bank or broker-to-broker -broker or the, the homeowner agencies and the MLS and things like that that may just manage these non-fungible tokens as the metadata storage of who owns a specific thing, using it for back-office purposes to automate a lot of these processes and systems and make it much more feasible for these transfers to move forward from a paperwork perspective. And I think those are absolutely also going to happen, but that's probably maybe the slowest to see adopted because of the, the opportunity costs and the learning curve associated. Couldn't agree with you more. I mean, at the end of the day, I think all of those have a great use case. That's why NFTs to me, they are here to stay. Uh, in fact, that value of being able to prove one of one ownership is indeed incredible. Uh, we've seen all these new applications as a result, even if they're not necessarily forward facing, like you said, we might start to see this in the background or at the end of the day, we're seeing this jump towards experience that these NFTs unlock something in some form to improve either in, in real life example or some kind of an experience to enhance, uh, which I think is great. And right. that's why Kyle, I think I'm going to back us up with some some proof uh, sure. because we can, of course, have our opinions, but what we are seeing is a crazy acquisition spree of NFTs, marketplaces, and technology. So even though there may be a, a slight decrease in trading in NFT volume, there are still signs that there is a well and alive collectibles market out there. In fact, there may be even some new contenders for the number one most traded NFT collection. Mm. Watch out, Board Ape. Uh, but we're seeing major institutional plays. We saw that MoonPay announced a new NFT marketplace called Hypermint that's in partnership with Death Row Records with Snoop Dogg, wow. who we know is very big on this, as well as with Universal and Fox. And those are two major, major companies that have tons of brands, tons of media, tons of use cases like we just talked about 
that they're going to push through MoonPay. And you better believe that's going to bring a lot of mainstream attention to this technology. And there's another example, eBay, Kyle. We saw that eBay acquired Known Origin, another NFT marketplace and technology. And we know that eBay has said that they plan to get into the NFT game. And that means a huge new, I think, segment. People who don't like crypto or who don't touch crypto per se, that actively buy, sell, or trade on eBay that will now again be interested and be brought into this collectibles For market, sure. this idea of new NFTs being able to trade on eBay. And last but not least, a major crypto player, Uniswap, one of the largest marketplaces as well uh, that's decentralized, has acquired Genie. Uh, to go ahead and, of course, also expand into offering NFTs on their platform. So this is all major. We know that Coinbase, FTX, and many other players are also competing against OpenSea, not to mention that there are different chain-based solutions as well. Who knows what future blockchains are going to get adopted for certain NFT technology. So without a doubt, I think Kyle and I both agree that this technology is here to stay and that it's got a bright, bright future despite this bear market. Yeah, on top of all that, we've got Magic Eden just raising at a $1.3 billion valuation, another Big unicorn time. entering the industry. And then, of course, you've got interesting cases just like you talked about with collectibles with, with NBA Top Shot. It's a great example of an NFT collection that most people that you're using NBA Top Shot maybe don't even recognize those things as NFTs themselves. They're just buying collectibles and leveraging that. Then you've got content IP. And, and the intellectual property rights behind a lot of these assets being attached to NFTs. There's just so many different examples, not to mention the fact that there are even some NFTs that are securities and are embracing securities like with Royal, like with what we're seeing with Republic, and even for some of these other platforms that are creating fractional shares of ownership in revenue via an NFT. And we can go back and forth certainly about whether that makes total sense or not, but we are seeing it as a use case and it's not going away way anytime soon. I'm sure we could keep talking about it. In fact, if you've got questions or feedback or your own thoughts and opinions, please send them in to us. Write us a comment. We'll definitely get back to you. Kyle and I were available on all social medias. We love to talk on LinkedIn and Twitter and everywhere else. And of course, check out stm.co for all of the latest trading information, all of the latest news, all of the security token offerings, everything all in one place. And with that, like, comment, subscribe. Please show us some love. Help us out with the algorithms, getting this out to as many people as you can. Go to our social medias. Go to the link in bio. Check out the STM crowdfund information. Learn more about what's going on. And please holler at us at any point and let us know how much you love the show. Meanwhile, we'll catch you next Monday. Happy tokenizing. <laughs>